everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Natural Thoughts and Talks. I'm Venture. This is Hannah. And we got a great episode for you guys today. Go ahead and tell the listener your name and where you're from. Hi, everyone. My name is Bahar, and I am from, well, I grew up in Germany, and I'm Turkish. Mm. Okay. Now I live here. Yeah. Here in downtown LA, or where are you at? You West LA. West LA. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. When did you move out here? Um, so I actually went to school for film up in the Bay Area. I did my master's, and now I'm here to work in the industry. Yeah. Do your thing. Blow it up. Do Entertainment, right? Yeah. Exactly. Like <laughs> Trying to make it like everybody else. Right? Yeah, exactly. I Chasing love that. How dream. has it been so far? Mm, pretty good. Yeah. I've been here since August, and um, I signed up for acting classes. I'm having a lot of fun there. Um, I'm teaching pole dance. And I work in a club, and yeah, I feel like I've already built my life. I've come pretty far for four months. Yeah, yeah. you've only awesome. been here four months. Only been four, four or five months. Yeah, you've been in America for four or five months. No, no I've been LA. In LA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. where were you before LA? Did you say San Francisco? That? San Fran. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Well, how old were you when you moved over here? Um, it was two years ago now. Okay, so this is your second year. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. you came over on like the student visa? Or... Correct, yeah. Student yeah. visa. And now I'm in like, it's called OPT. It's like a transitional visa. And I'm trying to get the artist visa. Oh, that's oh, cool. Oh, yeah. that's cool. How do, you, how do you get an artist visa? It's very complicated. <laughs> oh my gosh. Immigration in the USA is like just a bunch of um, documents, legal fees, mm. um, yeah, you have to basically prove that you are an outstanding artist. So you have to have press about you um, and show relevant works, peer letters, etc. So that's crazy. Well, I'll write whatever you want me to write. Right. All right. Like she's the most amazing <laughs> letter thing I've of recommendation. Ever seen. Huh? <laughs> all right. Greatest. Well, actually, this podcast is very helpful because it also counts as press. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That's awesome. Yeah. Appreciate that. Y'all hear that? Give her the visa. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I like that. Do you want to tell your sort of immigration kind of style? Yeah. I mean, I can definitely relate to it's all. It's a whole process with all that bunch of paperwork, and you got to go to the doctor, and you got to go, you know, all all that. Um, but we won green cards through the green card lottery oh, wow. in 2016. Nice. Um, so in 2017, me and my family, it was me, my twin sister, my parents, and my older brother. We moved out here. Uh, but that process was, we had to go th- through an interview at the embassy and they had to have medical records. We have to do x-rays. We had to do... They needed to know where my grandparents had lived when they were younger. Like, it was a whole... Oh, wow. Yeah, it was... They needed to know everything about us. It's um, crazy how they care more about your guys' background than yeah. they do, like, mine. As they don't know anything about you, That's but they I'm know saying. everything about my family. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, it, yeah, so then in 2017, we moved out here, and um, I started... I didn't start high school, but I went into 10th grade in high school, and then been out here, yeah, pretty much ever since. So my, the rest of my family moved back. Um, my, my older brother moved back to Sweden. My parents moved back to Sweden. Um, so it's only me and my twin sister here now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you come over here by yourself? Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. and... So I relate to that. How was that? Yeah. Hard, um, right? It's hard, but I've always been a very independent soul. Yeah. So when I was 18, I moved out of the house, and I haven't been back since. Well, to visit, of course. Right. But I never moved back in. Um, and I've just always been like that, a very free spirit. 
and my parents um, are not necessarily happy about it, but I think they've come to accept that that's just who I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have they visited you here? Um, my mom visited me back in 2015. I was here as an au pair, mm, like a nanny, yeah, fresh out of high school. She visit she visited me back then in I was in the East Coast in Maryland. And she did not like the U.S. Really? <laughs> She's like, I'm not coming back. Yeah. It's way too big, way too crowded, way too... We come from a village, too, in Germany, like, very small town. Like, What part of Germany is it? Um, it's close to Stuttgart, you know, where all the cars are from. Um, it's, like, 20 minutes outside of Stuttgart, but a very small village. Mm. Oh, okay. 5,000 people. Like, you know everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Here's kind of the generality of what, like, my interests, selfishly, that's what I do with episodes. I find cool people and I go, I have to know what's going on because I just like studying humans. That's kind of my big thing is I try to kind of figure out, hey, how do you start here and you end up here and what is the motivation behind it? What are your goals behind that? Mm -hmm. And hopefully the listener can find some sort of value in that. The biggest thing that I think I want to commend you for and say good job basically is going from a fucking village in Germany to now being here in Los Angeles, California is a big fucking deal. Mm -hmm. Just flat out. Here's the ideas. There's kids right now going to school right here that they just don't understand. They have no clue that they go, oh no, the amount of opportunities, the amount of like people around here in LA or just in SoCal, it doesn't have to be here. We're just talking about it because this is where we are. You have somebody from all over the globe in here. So whatever your goal is, whatever you want to accomplish, there's probably a good chance somebody's done it here within a 30-minute circle. Go find that person, ask them how they did it, and maybe they can even help assist you in planning your kind of empire that you want to build or whatever your goals are. So that's just really awesome. Like I just wanted to kind of hear about your story, and thank you for coming on. Obviously, yeah. before we get into it, I now. love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love this concept and of inspiring people to, you know, be inspired instead of feel like, oh, this person achieved that. Like I could never, mm-hmm. because that's so not true. You can yeah. really, and I'm living proof. Like I came from no money, no connections, no status. My mother works in a grocery store. You know yeah. what I mean? So. Go ahead and pull the microphone. Just take the whole microphone and pull it just kind of towards you, and you can bend it up just a little bit. That way, we kind of get you. There you go. There we go. That's perfect, right there. Perfect. So, what did your? How many siblings do you have? I have one sister. She's older, yes. Okay, and she's still back. You know, she's home still back there. in Germany. Yes. Okay. And what did your parents do growing up? So my dad has always worked in the same factory for like over 30, 40 years now. Um, and yeah, my mother worked in a grocery store. She worked in a bakery. Um, she actually, now she works at the optometrist. Mm. Is that what you call it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my parents were always very, um, simple working class people. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. How many languages do you speak? Three. Three. Yeah. German, English. And Turkish. And Turkish. Yeah. That's crazy. I like that. You speak one. I speak one. Yeah. I speak it pretty fucking well. <laughs> All right. So we get brownie points. My English is top notch. You know a little um, bit of Swedish. I know tiny a tiny bit. bit. Enough. A few words. Yeah. A, a few words. But yeah. So kind of what did you do? You came over here on a student visa. What were you studying? So I did my undergrad in film in Berlin. 
Um, and then my sort of graduation project film won a couple of awards in film festivals mm. here in Los Angeles. And so my uncle was like, you should try and, you know, apply for a master's out here. And I was like, you know, they're crazy expensive. And he was like, well, but you can also get a really good scholarship. So I took a leap of faith. I applied to a bunch of universities um, and I got a pretty decent scholarship. Um, came over here essentially on two scholarships, one from the university and one from like an institution in Germany. I had three minimum wage jobs. Wow. Um, what were they? Um, they were all on campus. Okay. So different. I was a teacher's assistant for the fashion program. I worked in the um, kind of model shop where like we had, you know, for all the saws and, you know, mm -hmm. when you craft stuff. And then um, I also worked in videos as a monitor. So mm. I was running around on campus doing minimum wage jobs. Um, but still, it was really hard to get by on that. And uh, last year, I'll never forget, <laughs> in August, um, I was struggling really hard because I had to move out of campus over the summer break. They, they raised the rent um which is really mean yeah um, I so i couldn't afford to live on campus i had to live um i rented out a room and san francisco housing is gnarly no yeah. i've heard it's crazy so i rented out a room sketchy as uh <laughs> facebook marketplace offer yeah i paid the guy like almost two thousand dollars in cash <laughs> for a simple room wow yeah in like a shabby little apartment and I was just in August I was at the point where I was like I don't know what to do I don't know how to pay rent and my friends had always encouraged me to start dancing become a stripper mm -hmm. because I've already been pole dancing for a while in the studio and they were like you're so hot you would make so much money yeah. and, I, <laughs> and I was really shy I had my like preconceptions about it and inhibitions so um one day I met this girl on Instagram and she told me I'm coming out to San Francisco to audition at this club tomorrow and I was like say less I'm coming with yeah. you <laughs> and the rest is history yeah I became a dancer um which empowered me financially like incredibly I could not live in LA today I could not go to acting school pursue my dreams without dancing um, it's taught me so much about self-confidence, self-worth, boundaries. Um, yeah, so many things. I, I want to unpack that for as long as you want to talk about it, because that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. The mindset there where you go, oh, yeah, no, let's make that jump. You are the type of girl and the type of person that does whatever needs to be done to make it happen, it seems like. And that's what I fuck with. Mm -hmm. I like people who go, and no, I don't care if I have to work at McDonald's. I don't care if I have to go pick shit up off the floor. I don't care if I have to go dance in a club, right? Something that is deemed as taboo or whatever it is. You know what I mean? In the short term, to serve my long-term goal down yeah. the road, continue to level up, get better and get better and get better. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know anyone that's ever done that. So that's why we reached out to you. Yeah. Tell me, you go to renting out that shitty little apartment from some creepy guy in some creepy area, right? Which is scary enough to do by yourself as a single woman, right? How fast were you able to cover your expenses? 
pretty damn fast. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that is, you know, the biggest kind of plus or awesome thing about dancing is you can make money fast. You know, in one night, you can make a bunch of cash. <laughs> yeah. And you have it right there in your hand, you know. Um, so, yeah, I was able to move back into back on campus after that and move into like a little studio like a proper it was in like a dorm room and yeah it was nice <laughs> what were some of your views before you went into the industry um because i i think a lot of us or a lot of people might have certain views on it i could like venture said it's a little taboo like it's yes. a little you know what were some of your views on it yeah so this is like my biggest passion to talk about yeah <laughs> um because i think my biggest takeaway of dancing is that i've learned that um first of all a woman's sensuality sexuality sexiness is um hers alone it cannot be possessed it cannot be controlled and it exists purely to to be and to exist and so um, that's a really important thing to know when you go into dancing is that your um, sensuality is is yours alone and you decide who um, how people experience it and that's essentially what happens is people pay to experience um, your sensuality. And it's not, that's a really big misconception that is, I think, um, indoctrinated through the patriarchy is that men think they can buy your sexuality or they think that a woman's sexuality is for the man. Mm. Um, and that's not true. And if you go into it knowing that truth, then you can be a very empowered dancer and not be taken advantage of. I love that. You're hot right now. I need to fix your mic and I want to make sure that it's, oh, it's, falling it's falling slowly. Down. I'm sorry. I need to crank it. One second. No problem. <laughs> All right, we're back. So you were just telling me how the sensuality cannot be bought, right? Yes. Um, so another big thing, okay, I, I like jumped straight in because I think this is like the biggest takeaway. Um, and I lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I like the confidence too. Things like that where yes. you take it anywhere you want to go. Just the idea of you're talking about empowering. That's kind of the stuff that you're doing with teaching. I want to talk about more of the club stuff that you're on right now is just doing that and how you've grown and improved and been able to take care of yourself. Yeah. So it's, it's, in uh, having this knowledge, like knowing that you are not performing for people, but you are really performing for yourself. Mm. And people just have the privilege to experience that really makes the difference. And I'm not saying um, you cannot have um, bad experiences dancing whatsoever. I do not want to glamorize the job. It's a very tough job and you have to have strong boundaries and a strong sense of self-worth otherwise um you're gonna it's a it because it's all kind of a game 
and you have to be the one that's calling the shots mm. because that's how it's meant to be. Um, but if you if you are not um, aware of that power that you hold, then you can easily get played and taken advantage of. So dancing has, oh my gosh, um, made me so much more confident, so much more confident in my body, in my sensuality, sexuality. I've always been kind of aware that I'm a sexy person, um, but I was always very ashamed of it, um, especially as a teenager. Um, just felt like I should be ashamed for having curves and boobs and being men finding me sexy made me feel oh my gosh like that's like I'm, I'm ashamed about yeah, it like don't look at me yes yeah. and now I realize that I am that way just to be and not for mm. for men um, and that makes a big difference and you know It's like the saying that when you find a beautiful flower that some people crush it in order to own that flower. And that's kind of what happens at the club. It's like a flower just blooms to be, to be beautiful. The flower doesn't blossom so you can admire it or for you, you know, it just is. And that's a concept that is, I think, really hard for men to understand given the system that we live in, the patriarchal system, where we are just trained to believe that a woman, a woman's sensuality and sexuality exists for men. Mm. When you yeah. first started, how were you kind of always like that from the start of like you were confident, but like not 100% or like, how was that process? How did that build up? Yeah, totally. In the beginning, I was like, I was definitely nervous, mm -hmm. first of all, because you're on stage performing for people multiple times a night. And so I always worked in topless bars. That's another thing. I think there's a huge difference between topless and full full nudity. For me, that's a boundary. Like I could not work in a full nude club. And it's, a, I think, a, a totally different um, environment too. Um, but yeah, taking my top off in front of people, right? Um, so in, in the beginning I was nervous, self-conscious, what am I doing? Um, and then I quickly realized the more I don't care about the audience liking me, the more the audience liked me, mm. the more I was just in my zone, having fun, um, not being worried about looking great, mm -hmm. the more money I made and the more people enjoyed my performance that's relatable to and we're going to stay on this topic but life it's a life lesson right the more that you worry about your own business your own situation whatever you have going on instead of what does she think what does he think what do they think the more opportunities usually come your way mm -hmm. right the more confident that you Absolutely. are in your individual craft the more success you'll usually have down the road right that's really awesome i 
love that you're talking about confidence. You're talking because that seems like the scariest thing that anybody could do, right? Is go take your clothes off and just you know sort of dance and have to provide services like that. What is the proper term? Just so I'm not fucking up and like offending anybody or anything like that. You guys go by strippers or what do you go yes. dancers? What do, what do you like to be called? So it's very important, I think, to claim the word stripper okay. and not be um, and not feel like that's a degrading term mm. um, because this is another hot topic in the pole community is that um, pole dancers who, and I started in the studio as well initially, I um, I did it as a sport, right? Um, and a lot of um, people who only dance in the studio, they don't want to be associated with the word stripper. They don't want to be have people thinking about them in that way whatsoever. And they like distance themselves from that saying I know I'm an athlete I'm a you know I'm not a stripper but pole dance could not even exist without strippers Mm. pole dance is a sport that was created from women who um, empowered themselves um, through becoming financially independent through pole dance Mm. so it actually goes far back I like researched into it because I filmed a little documentary about Mm. it um it goes really far back and the earliest pole dancers were women who um dance in the circus oh that's cool yeah Mm. like a um it's called Chinese pole because it's it's like this wooden thick um traditional Chinese pole um and they were able to make money, you know, and not rely on a husband. Mm. And um, this is kind of the story of how pole emerged. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that and not um, not shame the term stripper or shame mm. the idea of stripping. Um, I think where a lot of women become sensitive is when... In the term of feminism, people um, make, have expectations. For example, if strippers say, so you can, you can do pole dance purely as a sport and you don't have to want to explore that sensual aspect, but you also the two should coexist Mm -hmm. peacefully. You know what I mean? Um, It doesn't mean that you are not a feminist if you are a stripper and you live out that really feminine, sensual side of yourself. And it doesn't mean you're not a feminist if you don't. You know what I mean? I think women are being told, constantly being told how to be. Mm. And if you are too sexy, you are a hoe. If you are not sexy at all you're a prude Mm. and it's just putting us against each other Mm. and it's just it's awful we we should just be allowed to be on wherever we want to be on that spectrum yeah how did your parents feel do they know what you do so they don't okay okay (laughs) um but you know i obviously thought about this many times if they were to find out I would be okay with it. They right. would definitely be very shook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because my parents are Turkish yeah. and, you know, like pretty um, conservative people. Yeah. But I am just, I'm so proud of who I am. Mm. I am so proud of being a dancer 
And I truly feel that sexy dancing is my purpose. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, if they sooner or later find out, then they're going to like still accept me. Uh, they're going to get over it. <laughs> well, I think it's important. Like, just like you said, you're so proud of it yourself that like at the end of the day, it's your life and it's what you do with it. And no one, I mean, people can have opinions, you know, they're, they can have that. But at the end of the day, it's what you want to do. It's what you feel passionate about. Yeah. And, and that's, that's all that matters. Like as long as you feel comfortable and passionate and love what you do, that's it. Truly. That's it. You know what I like is the idea of, and I'm just talking out of my ass. This isn't like through an experience. I'm a guy. This is like my perspective, right? And I want to hear what you guys have to say about this. There's a sort of line, right? When you cross that line into becoming a stripper, it's almost like, oh, you're deemed a stripper forever, right? It becomes an or thing instead of an and thing. It becomes a like, no, you can use your beauty. That's a talent that you guys have, right? But yet you also have a brain. You can go do this out here. You can go build businesses on top of that right you can flip it into multiple avenues you can still be a mom you can still be a great partner romantically you can still be all these things it's just like instead of it being so you're either this you're this you're this it becomes like a, you're building a house and then you have extra rooms extra rooms and you're just building onto it ultimately for this giant like mansion of things yeah. that you can tap into when needed so well, that's, i think it goes back to the the view that people typically have of what a stripper is or what you know who she is what does she look like this and that and i think because like when people first hear like oh yeah i'm a stripper people tend to yeah. go very negative from the start yes. um and i think that is why some people are like oh you're a stripper that means that you can't it's be a good yeah almost, like you can't huh? be a good wife or you can't be a good mom there or, like are so many stereotypes there's that too come much with the job. yeah it's um, it's incredible i would love to hear you do just like what is a day like a, what is a shift to look like and then what is after that like maybe how diverse are all the girls that you work with and like how mm -hmm. normal is it basically yeah. right yeah so what does a typical night look like you know if you're going to work like let's say today or a weekend or something mm -hmm. like that what does your schedule even look like for that um, so my schedule is, that's the, another cool part about dancing is you make your own schedule. Mm. Awesome. Um, I make my own schedule week by week, but typically I work, you know, Wednesday through Saturday. Um, those are the best nights typically. Um, and yeah, I, it's funny because we talk to each other, obviously, mm -hmm. and we just have such similar experiences and you could almost write a little dictionary about lines that men say in strip clubs it's mm -hmm. just it's just hilarious like hey it's my buddy's birthday can oh, you no. take care of him oh, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's never his birthday <laughs> or um you know what's your real name or <laughs> oh. <laughs> i don't usually come here oh, of wow. course buddy <laughs> um but yeah you're faced with just so many um, preconceptions mm -hmm. that these men have of you like um, especially they assume that I'm dumb uneducated um, and the thing is too um, these men want to feel powerful mm. that's a big reason why they come oftentimes they have some sort of insecurity and they come to feel powerful by either openly spending money and showing look with mm. people i'm throwing money in the air or by being better than us and that's a big 
thing that I've noticed is that when you act, when you are yourself and I hold a conversation in an intelligent way, the man doesn't like that and he doesn't tip me mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to spend money on me. Um, but when I dumb myself down a little bit and play into that fantasy or that idea of that he has of me, I make so much more money. Mm. Oh, you're, you're tapping into like human psychology it is now. very psychological. Oh, you're getting a PhD here, huh? <laughs> I, I this. have a full PhD in yeah. psychology yeah. through. Because <laughs> you're seeing these guys at what's what, what's really inside, mm. right? That's like the guy who's really nice to maybe this young lady out on a date, but's an asshole to the waitress, right? Or this and that. And you yes. really get to see people. That's my biggest thing is I try to be as authentic as possible. And like, you understand if I'm mad, I'm mad, right? But if I'm a good guy, like I just try to do things and I don't really want credit. I don't mm-hmm. care about that. But yeah, tell me a little bit more about that. That's so fascinating, basically. Yeah, we are not like civilian women out there you know um they don't treat us the same way and it's almost like the strip club is a little ecosystem in itself where men can can go and project their fantasies onto us and it's almost like we we allow them to project their fantasies onto us and we play into those fantasies Um, in order to make money and they what they get out of it is some sort of feeling of power and um, is it healthy I don't think so Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know you got to be aware of that it's a toxic environment and I'm very aware that this is my workspace and I go there and I make my money and I live my own life right and the girls that kind of get caught up in this lifestyle and in this life they typically then um are just emotionally not very stable because Mm. it's just not a not the healthiest environment um but yeah it's 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 a battlefield it sounds like i like that you're going in there you're going to war you're going in completing your mission getting the fuck out and then continuing to build what you're interested in yeah but you know there's so many aspects to it and there is a a beautiful and healing aspect to it as well like i've had experiences where i've given um lap dances even to a very distinct memory giving a lap dance to a heterosexual woman it was a partner lap dance. She came with her husband. They've been married for years. They have kids. Um, they did um, like a 10-minute private room lap dance with me. And he mainly wanted me to dance on her. And she was like, she was, like you could tell she had like um <laughs> sexual healing, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> she had like this... A uh, moment of release, and I could tell that she have, has had some sort of abuse done to her, um, some sort of sexual abuse that she's gone through, and it was just such an intense, beautiful experience to see her just... It's hard to describe with words, but it, it something happened there, mm. and she was able to let go, and... By being in the presence of just a woman who is empowered and, you know, is confident in her 
sexuality. Mm. So it, there's a beautiful aspect to it as yeah. well. I like that. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I want to kind of take a step back and I want to hear about the fundamentals of pole dancing. As far as where would someone start if it was like day one in a class that maybe you're teaching or something like that? Because obviously they're not just going to hop up in there and just start doing backflips and (laughs) doing the whole thing, right? How do you usually like the fundamentals, step one, two, three, and four into becoming more experienced and talented at, you know, the sport? Yeah, so... If you want to learn, come to my class. Yes. <laughs> Little plug. I Shout teach out. at Sadie's Pole. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Sadie's. Shout out. Um, yeah. So you very likely are not going to start doing uh, inverts and, and all of that. But um, pole is a great sport because you can make pretty, like your progress, progress is very visible. Mm. Um, each uh, class, you, you can unlock something new. Um, but it basically starts with, you know, simple steps and pirouettes around the pole. Um, yeah, different, um, beginner spins, different shapes. Pole is so colorful. There are so many different styles. Um, there is also the pole can spin or be static, um, and you can do different, you know, things and different techniques with the spin pole or with the static pole you can wear heels you can not wear heels you can uh yeah it's just there's so many different and i'm assuming you get all different types of people come into classes and yes. joining right yes and so the class that i teach specifically it's called sensual strip flow so it's more um catered to people who want to explore their sensuality um, there is a, also just an intro to pole beginners class where, you know, um, you just learn the basic steps. Um, but f- my passion is to kind of bring this empowerment that I learned through dancing in the club into this studio environment because nothing makes me more happy than experiencing a woman tap into her sensuality and that freedom that she experiences through that um is priceless Mm, (laughs) i like that yeah i like that that's really cool it it goes back to confidence right it doesn't matter what you're trying to accomplish you have to believe that you can do it before anything can possibly be done right and you're really helping people accomplish that you're helping them take certain insecurities that they might have right and then flip it into oh, hey, I don't like that my shape is this, or I don't like that I move this way. And then you go, well, no, no, no. This is actually your superpower. This is actually some ways that make you unique, special, and talented. And that's a great thing. That's really cool. How do you dance, like, every day? How how often, how many days a week are you on a pole? Oh, my gosh. Now I am on the pole almost every day. Mm. Yeah, whether it's in the studio, at the club, at home. Um, how has your body changed as far as like muscle wise or fitness wise? What are some of the benefits that you found in this sport? Oh, incredibly. My body has changed a lot. Um, full body. Is it like more of an upper body, lower body? Like you need every single muscle in your Mm -hmm. body for pole. It's wild. Even muscles that you usually never use like forearms, wrists, ankles with the heels, you know, like. These are muscles that civilians don't, civilians, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for lack of better words, don't 
use right. or extensively use. So yeah, my body has changed a lot. Um, yeah, I think I, also the way I carry myself has changed a lot. And my friend has commented on that. My best friend, she was like, girl, like you have transformed in completely, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's special when people see that like because even if you feel it yourself like no I'm confident I, I, I love my body I love myself it is something different when it's shown outwards to not necessarily like intentionally of like oh I'm trying to show off but like people can truly tell that like you're very happy you're very confident it's it's special because I have always struggled with confidence growing up like it was that was probably my biggest thing of like it wasn't like I looked down on myself, but we all struggle with our insecurities and, and it was very like, I also grew up in Sweden where you don't necessarily express your confidence too much. Here it's very like, no, like talk good about yourself openly. It's okay. In Sweden, it's a little bit more like, mm, keep it on low. Um, but like even now it's more of like, no, like I am fully confident in what I do, how I look, what I say doesn't really matter what anyone says i i truly am very confident and and then you know you can see it too no like just like your like my body language or like my posture or like simple things that you might not think about but that truly becomes such an expression of confidence Mm -hmm. without you really noticing it and here's my favorite part about confidence and why I don't know who maybe some of the people that you looked up to growing up, but my figure is Muhammad Ali. So I don't know if there's another human being out there that has been able to touch as many souls globally to make them feel like through his greatness and what he was able to achieve, you can achieve anything that you want. That's just like my pillar. If I could ever accomplish something like that, that's what I would try to do and give my life away to. But confidence is one of the few things that you can actually give to other people. It's contagious. It's by you walking around, you can actually influence another group of girls in your dance classes and you know people on the street, things like that. And I was able to recognize that at such a young age just because I think I was infected by certain things. And I go, oh no, I got it from this guy. Even if you're not feeling it 100% in your soul, which now certain things I do, everything's in my heart 100%. But before that, I would take it from people. Mm. I'd be like, okay, well, let's say we're playing a sport or something like that. I don't know, this other team looks really big, right? These guys look kind of scary, but the leader of my team seems very confident and he knows what he's doing. So I think everything's gonna be okay. Mm. And let's say we win the game, wow, that confidence worked, right? Mm. Sometimes confidence is that little like syrup, that hot chocolate on top of your sundae that makes it, able to be like, oh, this is a really good dessert, right? That's the extra push that you need to be like, this is what I need to reach my goals, Mm. right? That's really awesome. Where do you see yourself developing as an artist? Because we've really talked a lot about like the nitty gritty of how you're kind of taking care of yourself now, how you're helping provide value. But where do you see yourself over the next maybe five to 10 to 15 years? You obviously want to stay here in America. Yes. Yeah. Um, I have big um, aspirations um, I want to be a working actress within the next year or two, work in the industry. That's awesome. Um, I want to continue to teach, um, eventually teach worldwide. Mm. Oh, that's um, cool. I would love to travel, teach um, in different countries, go on pole retreats. 
those are fun they have pole retreats so yeah pole retreats are yeah it's pretty amazing it's um basically like a vacation in usually a tropical country um and it's like a whole experience you do different activities but mainly you do pole you know from sunrise to sunset can guys go can i go to a pole retreat or is it mainly like girls only no there's totally men in the pole community yeah uh-huh. absolutely i'd be down for a vacation to do yeah it. i'd be like All right, i'll be the worst guy there but at least we're in like you know costa rica yeah. or something like that it sounds lit but yeah it sounds like fun um but you know my biggest mission i think is to and that goes right to what you were talking about with confidence is to uh continue to empower um women especially um but yeah empower people through dance um, and I think, um, an important aspect of that, like it was interesting to hear your male perspective on that. And I think like oftentimes, um, what happens, uh, amongst women is that when we see a confident woman, um, it can go either way. We can feel, it can be, um, contagious and we feel inspired and we feel confident or what also happens often is you feel triggered or you feel, mm threatened right jealous jealous yeah um and that's super normal in our society you know because this is almost the way that we are raised is to see women as competition Mm. and you know Mm. um and so that's a really big mission of mine is to um help help women understand or help women um feel inspired um rather than triggered Mm. and what also happened a lot is in my journey of becoming confident when I was in my light and I was being confident I noticed when I sort of triggered other women and made them feel jealous that I would then retreat and Mm. dim my own light because I felt like I was doing something wrong right and so that is like counterproductive right because then we're all um making ourselves small so it's a really interesting sort of dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I think one of the biggest things, just like you're saying of like when, if I feel very confident, maybe I'm speaking loud or I'm speaking up and I'm saying my opinion. If I see that that triggers someone, I am very quick to be like, oh, okay, let me, let me step back. Let me not talk as much let me be a little quiet but why why do you think the average girl or within society does that i think well for me it's like i don't want to cause trouble i don't want there to be a conflict um i want to keep the peace yeah um so that for me is why i'm like okay let me just be quiet now um but i think i'm learning more to be like no like i can have my opinion and it's not necessarily my responsibility to how someone else perceives it um that's on them if they feel triggered by a personal opinion that i have or whatever it might be that's not necessarily on me and i can't take on that responsibility of course there are things that we can do and certain things that you know there are certain things we maybe shouldn't say to people that could trigger them but if it's just a simple thing as well this is what i think i can't control how you feel about that and and i can only control how i feel and what i say and and that's it. And then that's on you to, you know, take that information however you want to take it. But if you feel threatened by that, I can't, that's, that's on you. I'm sorry, but like, that's on you. Like that, that just kind of shows like 
your insecurity in in whatever is going on and I can't necessarily take responsibility for yeah, that. You're actually not doing that person a favor by by trying to do that either. Right. Um they're not um I have tried to to do that and accommodate people but actually both both parties are suffering then. Yeah. You are suffering because you're not being authentic and the other person is suffering because in, rather than standing your ground and inspiring them, you just kind of feed into this um, idea that they have that if you, that it's this power struggle, again, it's very psychological. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's really cool. The next kind of question that I had is you talk about having to like dumb down, right? In order to get like everything. You don't want to upset people in the club, right? I, I don't know if I'm unique, but I like powerful women. Mm -hmm. That's literally my main, my mom was the breadwinner of our house. Like there's, I've just been surrounded by powerful women my whole life. Love that. So that's my MO, right? Mm -hmm. I, most of our conversations aren't like, oh my God, um, you need to act less or you need to get in the kitchen and cook or mm -hmm. something like that. It's like, no, no, you need to work harder. Like we need to go higher, higher, higher. The average guy, let's say in the club, isn't really about that, huh? And I think that's the fucked up part if we're talking about society and like the big picture is, no, you want a lady, like we just had one of the best real estate women, she owns a brokerage here in this part of Southern California and you're just super attractive person. She's getting after it, doing a hundred different things, blah, blah, blah. And like, that's how it should be. Mm -hmm. The average guy, what is his view and how, cause you've been able to tell on an individual level, really, really deep, those insecurities is it that he doesn't feel like he's con he doesn't have confidence himself so therefore he's uh what would it be Pr not pressured um offended or something like that by somebody who actually is confident um yeah i think um a big part that plays into it is a lot of these men have confidence issues than themselves and um maybe they have been rejected by a lot of women mm -hmm. in their regular life and so they can come and reject a stripper and you know reverse that mm -hmm. flip flip that script a little you know um i think that's a big part of it um and also just the general notion that society has a problem with powerful women mm -hmm. you know um confident empowered women are a threat to our the way that our society works um, and so what I experience in the club is the imbalance of that. Um, and actually there is another extreme of some men, um, they are really into the woman being powerful. Mm. And so that's almost like the other extreme where they come and they want you to be very demanding mm. and dominant and tell them and almost be like a little mean to them. Mm -hmm. And they like get off on that in yeah. some weird way so i experienced the imbalance of that and i think it's because just in the in the big picture we're not um teaching a healthy idea of men and women being equal and equally powerful but in different ways mm. the way we teach it is that being powerful is only being powerful in a masculine way and the woman needs to be masculine in order to be powerful mm. but women are powerful in a different way and a woman that is powerful in her feminine way is very threatening mm. to 
the yeah there's just not much acceptance of that i think it's mysterious it's more mysterious and it's more yeah it's women have a different type of power and it's it's a little threatening mm -hmm. to the people. average guy right yeah. and yeah. that's where like when you talk to him you're like oh yeah there's a lot of like dickheads in the club right and it's like well yeah yeah and it doesn't just stop there though it's like well why are that they that way right mm -hmm. and it's kind of like once you kind of unpack that you feel a little bit bad right and then you feel just everybody who's involved in that who's not doing their best or maybe needs some sort of help i oftentimes feel like it's very easy to yell at the homeless guy on the street but it's like well what did that guy go through that ultimately ended up with him on the street in a tent right and it's like yeah that's not a happy story like it's gonna be it's not all his fault mm -hmm. you know which it rarely is right? yeah so hmm. yeah and also you know it's not like i just experienced that in the club you right. know i um oh my gosh my whole life i've gotten so many cat calls and so much weird mm. behavior by men on the like open Street. walking down the street uh, yeah. walking down the street and i think what men don't understand is they think this happens occasionally but no like this is a thing that happens on a regular basis um and it's my my reaction to that has changed a lot where um i used to kind of laugh awkwardly and look away and kind of allow that person to in that moment feel powerful i now am quicker to to stand my ground yeah and, what does that look like oh my gosh the other day i walked on uh, this i had a car accident oh no and the same night so everything happened i got rear-ended on the freeway the car got towed all of that i ended up at home and i was like i just want some food right now i'm gonna go get some takeout food i walked down the street with my food and this guy comes up to me and it's always for some reason older middle-aged older men <laughs> he Gross. comes up to me and he's like hi mommy i love you so much mm, and like <laughs> looks at me and and i just say shut up and i keep walking and then he stops me and he's, he continues he's like oh you're so sexy and i look him in the eyes and i scream shut your mouth <laughs> and i walked away and the guy stood stood there baffled and his friend next to him started laughing mm -hmm. and but i know that he's not gonna forget that <laughs> yeah. i think it's wild because like when because guys are not used to the girl telling them to shut up mm -hmm. or like or like if someone were to say whatever it might be just like ew what the fuck's wrong with you like shut up like that's gross like they're not used to girls mm -hmm. talking back so when someone does talk back they're like <gasps> like they get shocked they're like oh okay because they don't expect it they don't they it's they think that they can get away with all these gross nasty things and now i mean i as well like if someone were to say something i will most likely be like ew you're old as fuck like yeah but it's like i can hard. be your granddaughter like yeah. ew like or get someone your own age like I, I will say something and they most of the time they're just like oh or they'll be like oh, you're such a bitch like yeah. they'll say something smirky back and i'm like what the hell like yeah. shut up and the thing is that like i'm thinking about from the guy is yeah, if the lady was this fat, middle-aged, pot-belly guy, like, if I was the pretty girl, I'd be like, oh, you, really? You think you have a chance? You know what I mean? Like That's you a think, wild part, too. Like, yeah. and, and, like, if they, like... They're delusional. Yeah. The gross thing is when they'll be, like, 
or like yeah. or like like whistle mm. or like do like some gross sound and i'm like if you're really trying to get at me that is not the way to do it like <laughs> yeah. do something a little bit better like if you're truly trying to get at me but you making those gross noises no yeah. it won't work the cool part that you said though is you're like hey they think that they're special and individual and it happens daily but they think that like oh well this is the one time so the only thing that i have in my life that i relate to is when we walk down the street with kino and somebody asks to pet him right mm. or they make a comment and i don't let people touch our dog on the street just because i don't want him like people's hands are dirty i just don't want to do the whole stuff like, i just want to continue on our thing if it's a kid or something like that obviously like sure pet the dog or whatever but they think people will get upset, right? Be like, oh, can I touch your dog? Which normally people say yes. I'm like, no, don't. Or if they go to lean, like I have no issue slapping somebody's hand away mm -hmm. and be like, the fuck out of here. Like, don't touch my dog. But they'll be like, well, I just wanted to touch him for five seconds, right? However, if we go on, let's say a 30 minute to an hour walk, how many people usually stop in a crowded area and comment on the dog? Mm -hmm. It might be a dozen people that will just comment, say this, but so that means I have to stop 12 times in our walk to interact with individuals people that we have no fucking idea who you are we're never going to see you again and is that like one percent or ten percent of kind of the experience that because that's the only thing that i can link to no girls are like oh yeah look at that guy i'm like all right i see nobody's just cat calling me you so, uh, i don't know maybe I guess, yeah i guess the part that does is is similar is this kind of feeling of well but i'm the self-righteousness like mm. yeah but but like I'm entitled to your time right. and attention. Like, what yeah. do you mean you're not going to give me right. your attention? And again, like, if, if, you're, if you know your worth and you know I don't have to give my energy to anybody I don't choose to, that's just, it's odd yeah. to, to men. And I don't want to, like, vilify men either. So that it's just like, it, it seems like we live in a system that is just doomed for everybody mm. to fail. Yeah. It's like, it's not like this is, you know, because our men are inherently shitty and evil. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's like we are literally um, brainwashed from being very young, from children on in, in, in many different ways to... Um, to be against each other mm. women against women men against women and uh, it's just it's really hard to escape out of that especially with what we are being fed through the media i think porn is another really really big um factor in that and that's like a whole pandora's box that you know mm. you would open and that's like a whole nother episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know like it's it's important to acknowledge i think that we're all um i don't want to say victims but you know we're all kind of being played by mm. the system definitely yeah. i agree with that it's almost like from a little kid right yeah. who who are who's in charge of the classroom women teachers right they're mostly women teachers and then who's the principal it's usually some older guy right and they're like well why is the older guy telling all these ladies what to do and have mm -hmm. the best way to run the school and you know what i mean like actual positions of power are the male ones and then the people doing the hard work are like the ladies mm -hmm. and 
yeah, that's just one of the cool things that at least the positive side of it, the trend that I'm seeing as far as like money or things like that is women really are growing at a level to where as far as ownership and assets and things like that over the next five to 10 to 20 years, it's going to be a big shift. Mm -hmm. And that's really the cool part is the people, the old guy cat calling, he's going to wake up one day and be like, oh no, like this lady owns the apartment building that I'm at or something like that. Maybe I should actually... Uh, hold my tongue before I just start saying some wild shit yeah. because you say wild shit to the lady that ends your apartment all of a sudden you're booted out yeah. <laughs> you know when you miss that first month's rent or something yeah. like that that's you start to actually play by the rules of how think like be nice yeah. try to help and do your thing right? yeah how yeah. has dancing um, pole dancing how has that helped you in your acting career in your film and Ooh. how has that yeah, totally. To that. Um, I think the two feed each other. Mm -hmm. And I think every creative thing that I do kind of inspires the other creative thing I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that someone told me that I, I think it was a friend or something said that you are an actress at work, you mm -hmm. know, as a dancer, you are in a way an actress because I'm not being so for me, it's important that I still am myself like I don't tell straight up lies mm. um I I know that a lot of girls do that and you know no shame like who am I to tell what to what to do I personally feel inauthentic if I give full lies about where I grew up and what I do and you know um but I do act I do play into your fantasy I do um you know play a role in a way um, and that's where also this uh, stage name helps, you know, because it would be weird to go into work with my own name. It's just, yeah. it's always been a thing that strippers have stripper names and men <laughs> hate that. It's just like, <laughs> what's your real name? Yeah. <laughs> do you have multiple stage names or do you, are you comfortable telling us what it is? Oh, yeah. Also, my home club, I uh, used to be Tokyo. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Back to my Tokyo year days were <laughs> the best, um, and now I now here I have a regular, more regular name, Sierra. Mm. My stage oh, name. Nice. Okay. Yes, but yeah, I think the name it helps to like remember that you are putting on a persona in a way, um, and it's not like that's what's required. That's that's the job. Mm. Um, so that has I think influenced my acting, and then. I don't know about the other way around if my acting has influenced my dancing, but I feel like my dancing is mainly so much influenced by life. Mm. So like right now I'm going through the end of a little situationship that I was in and mm. it like truly influenced my choreography, the, my song choices. Mm. And that's what this obviously the nice part about going through breakups or like shitty stuff in life is like it just... Fuels artists, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had a couple more things for you that I was curious about as far as like privacy with dancers. That's super important, just the name thing, things like that. How, um, like what metrics are put in place to keep, you know, 
safety basically like what safety measures are put like stalkers or weird people or things like that like obviously they have like bouncers in the clubs right people that you can just let know and like they'll get booted out but is there ever anybody like waiting outside or like looking for you on the street or things yeah. like that or have you ever run into somebody that maybe you've seen in the club and maybe a grocery <laughs> store shopping or something like that is there that has, has happened, happened to my dancer friends mm -hmm. oh, and really? they have told me it's been it was a very strange experience mm. Um, that hasn't happened to me, mm -hmm. um, but we do get escorted out of the club by managers to our cars because of oh, that. Great. There are sometimes customers lingering around outside and yeah. they're drunk right. and, you know, you don't want to be alone yeah. walking to your car. Um, that's an important one. Um, I don't ever obviously give out my address mm -hmm. or where I live. Um, I keep it pretty gen generic in terms of information that I give about myself. Um, and how about just safety as far as a dancer interacting with the guys, things like that, that could be something that's very scary, right? We talked about a lot of confidence and how you do it, but is it generally pretty safe? Have you had mo many experiences where you're like, oh, that got a little hairy or how do you feel about it? So I have never had to end a room or a lap dance, um, thankfully, knock on wood <laughs> um and i think again like a big part that plays into it is how you go into it if you are if you know your worth and you know what you're going to tolerate and what you're not going to tolerate men can sense that and they if you are insecure and you're not really sure about your boundaries they're going to get on that mm. so um i have definitely had instances where um, men became gropey, touched me in places that I didn't want to touch, be touched in. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was able, I was always able to shut it down, um, pretty quickly and I easily. Like yeah. Um, one instance like where I was on stage and this guy tried to like pull my panties down, like mm -hmm. on stage. That was like a, where I felt very violated mm -hmm. and like very kind of, how, what kind of a person are you yeah. that you want to like publicly humiliate that? Like that's another level, you yeah. know, on stage in front of everyone. So I, I, I slapped him in the face, Good. started Thank yelling you. and I was like, kick him out and he got kicked out. Um, so yeah. I like that. And then as far as, I guess we can talk about your creative process right after this, but you're talking about pole dancing growing as a sport. The coolest thing that one of my probably best talents that I have is I mean, I'm not the best, I'm not the most talented guy out there. I work really hard. That's why I'm good at what I do. But pattern recognition, there's not a lot of people that I have a logistical brain where I'm able to sort of see trends and just see things where I go like, oh yeah, Venture was two or three steps ahead. He was able to kind of jump on it. Pole dancing seems like something that might be on every single corner, just like yoga studios X amount of years from now. And I think it's really cool that you're like, on the ground floor talking about it. I feel like m studios, there's so much opportunity to put studios, like your grandma might be pole dancing 20 years from now, right? Like so-and-so might just I be like- I hope she is. Yeah, yeah. They're, like, they're like, oh, where's mom at? And they're like, oh no, no, you guys stay here with dad. I'm gotta go exercise, right? I gotta go get on my pole and like do the things. And I think that's really dope. And like, where do you see that going? Do you, am I kind of right about oh, that? 100%, the growth? yeah. You see a lot of people, new people coming in and just learning and just kind of getting addicted to it. Yeah. And yeah, and it's already been happening, like especially the past couple years, 
poll has become much more popular to the general public. I know multiple moms that pole dance. That's um, awesome. Actually, the mom that I used to nanny for, she pole danced. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. And um, when I came and visited the kids, like we went to a pole class together with our heels, and you know, yeah. it's, it's awesome. Like, and she has a pole at home, and she like dances in like. I think it's awesome that these kids grow up knowing like, yeah, this is a normal thing. Mm. My mom, my mom uh, is sexy and my mom owns being sexy. And so I can, they're two girls, you know, and so I can grow up like not being ashamed of like, that's a part of me, you know? And I think that's awesome. And it's, it's become much more. So the owner of Sadie's where I teach, like she was in the game from quite early on. And she said like, when she opened up the studio, um, you know, and back in the day, like it was kind of sketchy having a pole studio and it fell under like, you know, like what happens there and like um, people didn't want to rent out a pole studio, Mm. you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's, and it's just a freaking gym at the end of the day, you know. So it's come a, a very far away. For sure. That's really awesome. Yeah. And as far as your creative process for everything that you do, film, you know, acting, dancing, just all artistic qualities, what would you say is sort of some unique things of your, about your process that you like to do? Oh, yeah. My process, I am like your typical, is it type B? Like I'm your typical artist who gets random spurs of inspiration in the shower or like (laughs) I'm about to fall asleep. I don't know what it is about falling asleep, but I'm about to fall asleep and I have the best ideas. Mm. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, God, I have to like wake myself up now and write it down. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I even have (laughs) I even have like a little like analog recorder and record my my voice because i just have ideas in the most random moments and sometimes i don't have a notebook yeah um but yeah my process is quite um messy and i allow myself to be messy Mm. because creativity i think there's like two different parts of your brain almost where there's the analytical part and the critical thinking and then there's the more open um, imaginative part of your brain. And I, I allow myself to, um, be imaginative and open and make mistakes. Um, so when I develop a choreography, um, that's how I work. I put on a song and I put that song on and repeat and repeat. And I just allow myself to play and not judge, um, just observe what happens. And then I find a, I do a sequence of moves that inspire me and I build from there and then I go into my analytical brain I'm like okay how can I put this onto the beat of the music and what can I add and how can I you know then I get more into the um process of you know analytical thinking yeah Yeah. and hopefully if you want to come on next time I'd love to get all into that and just we are barely scratching the surface with this episode we just kind of wanted to get to know you (laughs) kind of you know put a face to a name and how is your kind of first podcast experience with us been so far did you have a good time oh so much it was awesome thank you so much for you know giving me the opportunity to talk about things I'm passionate about I love what you guys do um, I like listened to other episodes before coming here yeah. and I'm super, yeah, inspired. We appreciate that. We love having people that are 
passionate about what they do. We love having people like that on because it, it just opens up. It allows us to just listen for a second and just hear what are you passionate about? What like feeds your heart? What feeds your brain? Um, because we talk a lot, but it's also very nice hearing someone else share their story and like really what gets them going. Yeah. And it's awesome if hopefully there's a listener that maybe had a certain idea and then I, I know that happens to me all the time. Yeah. And then I'm able to hear like a backstory behind the scenes about things and I go like, oh no, oh this is just a regular person. Mm. This is, you know, some this and that or like this is what they're about. I like that. And it's just awesome that we get to connect. That's honestly my favorite part about the podcast is just like making new friends. Yeah. You know, meeting yes. people and like having a great time. So I'm happy that you felt comfortable, you know, coming into our space and letting us know what you do. Yeah. The last thing we like to ask all of our guests, and it really helps with like name flow through the show, it just helps us grow, are who are maybe like two to three, I'm hoping they're girls because we're looking for more strong female voices that you would like to see that we can invite onto the show, Ooh. sit in the same chair that you do. It could be, you know, a business owner. It could be another, like, female entrepreneur like yourself. It could be an artist. It could be somebody old, young. It doesn't matter. But just somebody you'd like to see that we could reach out to. Yes. Um, well, from the top of my head, because they would have to be in L.A., right? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. You know, yeah. Um, So the owner of the studio that I teach at, yeah. um, Laura, she's amazing woman, entrepreneur, you know, owns two studios and also used to be a dancer in the club and has lots of great things to say. Um, so I guess I nominate her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then probably... From my acting class, um, there are really interesting individuals, well, that'd be you know, cool. yeah, who've been in the, um, and we have you know comedians who are also actors and do stand up, um, yeah, Mindy, um, she's a she's an older lady and she has worked on Wall Street. She does stand up. She wrote a TV show about, mm. um. Wall Street, uh, but from a woman's perspective, oh, wow. she's a pretty badass woman. I yeah. think she cool. could have a lot of interesting things to say. Yeah. 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 You know what, too? Do you have any other friends that also pole dance, maybe, that I would like to really unpack it? That's something that I'd like to do more episodes on, is like, how do you take somebody that does this career, and this is what she you know, makes a living with, and then show where she's going behind it, right? To kind of take that stigma off. Like, that's what I would like to do, is I don't want people to hear, oh, yeah, uh, so-and-so is a stripper, and then that's the end of the story. Mm. It's like, well, no, 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 that's fine. Just like so-and-so is a chef. Okay, so yeah. what? You're going to open up a restaurant. Like, okay, you're stripping now. Okay, how long are you going to do it for? Yeah. Or is it just short-term, long-term? And then what are you going to do after? Like, instead mm. of hearing, oh, stripper, oh, fucking loser. Like, that's, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, that's not what I want society to think of. I want to keep getting more of those stories out mm. there. So maybe you can think. You don't have to call anybody totally. out right now if I, you don't want to. But. but I have somebody in mind. Oh, okay. My good friend and coworker Matrix, she is amazing, and she also dances, um, but also does photography, modeling. Oh, that's cool. She has done OnlyFans. She has done so many different things, and she's also a very entrepreneurial spirit. Um, and I think she could shed a lot of light on um, even more the sex worker aspect of it, um, and and kind of. Um, humanize it a little more mm. and, yeah. and give more perspective on, right. on that 
Um, so shout out Matrix. Um, and, and yeah, if you want to have me back, I'm, I'm always happy to come back. Yeah, There's oh, would yeah. Love so much to talk about yeah. in this realm. And yeah, Absolutely. I would love that. Well, guys, this has been Natural Thoughts and Talks. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a good day. Bye. Bye.